When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody. This is the Robots Radio Holiday Special for 2023. We did one last year. We're back. This is Tom or Robots. I'm the guy who set up the whole network. I host a number of the shows, so some of you might recognize me from, uh, well, a whole bunch of them. Uh, the Fallout Lorecast, Elder Scrolls Lorecast, Mass Effect Lorecast, Lord of the Rings Lorecast, and... The Starfield Lorecast are my current shows, but you may also recognize me from the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, the Witcher Lorecast, the Cyberpunk Lorecast, and we have some of those hosts with us today as well, plus hosts from some of the other shows on the network. We've got this wonderful group, and this is something we've been doing for the last few years. The point of this is for us to just take a moment to get together, to chat with some of the cool hosts across the network, and to talk about our favorite things from the year, because... If you're not remembering all the favorite things, if you're not thankful for all the things that were good in the last year, then what are you even doing with the holidays? That's what it's all about, right? The things that made it worth it. So first of all, we've got Ben of Tamaria. Feel free to introduce yourself and and what shows that you do. Ben, welcome. Hi. Yeah, uh, I'm Ben of Tamaria. I am one of the hosts for Holocron History, Star Wars Canon vs. Legends, the Final Fantasy Lorecast, the Witcher Lorecast, and the Wizarding World Lorecast. Yeah, Ben is trying so. to do as many shows as I do <laughs> at this point. Uh, <laughs> good to have you, Ben. <laughs> yeah, just a little. Uh, thanks for joining us. We've got Preston. Preston is joining us again. Welcome back, man. How's it going? Howdy, partner. Uh, I'm <laughs> Preston, and I am the host, or rather the creator, writer, producer of uh, True Vault Escapades, a Fallout audio drama, and also Bioshock the Midnight series. So yeah. Awesome, man. Good to see you again. It's been a little while. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've got uh, N7 the Legend. Sam, welcome. How's it going? <laughs> hey, how's it going? Uh, I'm from the Mass Effect lore cast. Talk about Mass Effect lore. Uh, imagine that. And imagine that. yeah, I'm just here for the ride. Yeah, I'm for- wearing a comfy <laughs> and I feel great. Okay, good good to see you. I should go. <laughs> I should go. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, thanks for joining me and <laughs> being here. Toasty, Toasty, you're up. Uh, hey, I'm Toasty. I'm uh, one of the hosts of the Witcher Lorecast as well as the Cyberpunk Lorecast. Uh, that's me. That's you. That's you. Well, that's welcome. Me. Welcome. We've got Maverick as well. Maverick, welcome. How's it going? Well, hi, guys. I am uh, Maverick, as you probably know me from the patron episodes. Um, I host a little podcast called the Fallout Roundtable. I just started a new a new re- pro wrestling show called Three Count Dots with my buddy Jaxus. We just released our first episode. Nice. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So Fallout and wrestling. We don't do Great that. Combo. We don't do those two things enough together. Uh, awesome, man. Thanks for being here. And then Genesis is joining us as well. Jen, how's it going? Hello, I am Genesis, uh, host of Two Girls, One Ship, a video game romance podcast and co-host of the Cyberpunk Forecast with Toasty. 
Sweet. Awesome. Well, welcome, everybody. This is this is a fun group. I'm excited to hear about what your favorite thing was this year. If you could if you had to just pick one thing, it could be a video game because many of us do video game podcasts. It could be a movie. It could be a book you read. It could be a place you went to. It could be a, th- a thing that you did. I don't know. Maybe you learned how to do underwater basket weaving. Uh, who knows? But who would like to start us off? Anybody want to jump in there to, to kick us off and it would be really funny if somebody raised their hand and was like, ah, underwater basket weaving was the thing I was going to say, but I can, I can start us. <laughs> Everyone's got, just laughing at me. All right, Sam, you kick us off. Okay. So I, I was very encouraged this year by the state of single player gaming. I think single player games saw so many promising signs, you know, whether it be Starfield, Baldur's Gate, or the Phantom Liberty uh, that came out for Cyberpunk. If you're a fan of single player games and you want to immerse yourself and you're kind of sick of uh, gotcha games and Fortnite and whatnot, I think the future looks pretty promising. And, And that is something to say because over the past few years, you know, from like 2019 to like 2022, it was not looking too good there for a hot second. Yeah, it was like everybody had to do their like constantly updating new stuff you can buy, you know, get the battle pass, like all of that stuff. Right. Like always play with other people, always be spending more money because we need that. Yes. That cheddar. Yeah. Yeah. But and it's encouraging for Mass Effect. Right. It's very encouraging for Mass Effect because they've already already committed and said the next Mass Effect will be single player. Right. Right. And I think it proves that, like, I mean, there were a lot of good games that came out this year and a lot of them can be played single player or were primarily single player, but they also might have had multiplayer aspects. Um, Yeah. So it it just shows that the audience is still into narrative. They're still into being able to play a game by themselves and then talk about it with other people and explain, oh, this is what happened in my game. What happened in your game? That is a staple. That's been a staple of gaming for forever. It feels like. Right. The money's there. And I don't think, you know, we, we didn't have to convince developers that the interest was there, I think, for single player games, because there's still a decent amount of developers who want to make those. But in terms of speaking directly to the people who hold the purse strings at the companies that make these games, yes, the money's there. Just fucking do it. <laughs> just, just people want to buy this. Just put out good stuff, please. It's that simple, right? It's it's that simple. Um, let's open this up. What do you guys think? Single player games. Was this on your list, Ben? I mean, absolutely. Um, I mean, look at the Game Awards. Majority of, if not all, if I recall, majority or all of the games on the Game Award list was single players. Yeah, there, yeah unless it was like specific categories that included some of the other ones. But yeah, right. a lot of them were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this one, Jen? Yeah, no, I fully agree. Uh, The single player games have been owning it this year. Uh, The Phantom Liberty expansion. I mean, even the 2.0 and the 2.1 patch for Cyberpunk made it such a huge change to the game. It was amazing. And then me and all my friends cannot stop talking Baldur's Gate. And we're watching each other's playthroughs and we're going, oh my gosh, you chose that. I went this way and got something completely different. And so I'm yeah. loving it. You know, it'd be none of us have done. We have a Dungeons and Dragons podcast on the network. And I know I'm sure Sergio's talked about Baldur's Gate stuff. Uh, but 
I'm sure there's a hole right now. If anybody's looking to do other shows, a Baldur's Gate three hole in the podcast universe, I believe, for something creative and fun, not just a lore cast, but some sort of way of engaging that community. And as soon as somebody solves it, they're going to find a very successful show. That's a big hole. You need like something the size of a bear to fill that hole. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that, is a, that is a really big hole. Very big shoes to fill. Yeah, bear shoes. Oh no! Not just Wait. a bear, an owl bear. An owl bear. Oh, oh God! <laughs> I was waiting for someone to make the joke. Uh, you know. The yeah. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> I'm just all I have is the picture in my head of you know intimate. The situations with bears. Roar. It truly would be a beast to wrap your tentacles around. Oh, God. Oh, God. All right. Well, (laughs) that's enough from Sam. Let's move on to somebody else. <laughs> Silence. Sam, you're done. <laughs> All right. Who would like to go next? And I shall go. All right. Let's do it. Um, a few things. So um, this is Preston, all, by the way. Just anybody yeah. that didn't recognize the voice. Preston's up next. Pre- go ahead. Yeah, but this is Preston. Um, and I let me see Starfield, uh, despite any sort of backlash or any sort of disappointment or letdowns that it has given people. I have absolutely fallen in love with that game. And maybe that's because the exploration factor and stuff like that. I mean, it's just there's so many places to see. So I guess I guess a, a, a void that a lot of people have is it's just it's fine with me. Like, I, I'm cool with that. And anyway, I love that. That was definitely a highlight in gaming for me this year. Um, perhaps the only one besides Cyberpunk, which also is on that list because I love Cyberpunk. Um, and, and so, yeah, Phantom Liberty, that's another one. And uh, Another off-the-cuff thing, I watched Game of Thrones all the way through for the first time in my entire life this Wait, year. Wait, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. 2023 is the year you decided to watch all of Game HBO. of Thrones? I just did it. I mean, wow. I've seen other shows there before. Even after I, knowing how it ends and being yeah, like... Yeah, I had huge, huge things spoiled to me, but I didn't know the bridges that like connected them, so it was yeah. still kind of a lot of stuff for me to, to see for the first time. And I mean, despite all of the controversy with that as well, I still enjoyed it. I mean, it uh-huh. was still a great show to me, but um, I, I love stuff like that. I love Dungeons and Dragons. So I, you know, I had me a fun little leisure year with uh, exploration games and these uh, this amazing comfort show. So I guess I got to move on to something else now. Comfort show. Comfort. It's definitely not a thing I've heard Game of Thrones called. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I certainly was comfortable watching. Tom, quick, start playing the Reigns of Castamere. I was cringing a lot watching the show, but then again, I have seen Spartacus. Spartacus has never uh, been topped in terms of like gore and all that other stuff for me. So. I guess I was desensitized a little bit. <laughs> That's so interesting. It's so interesting to get the perspective of somebody who who didn't watch games Game of Thrones like ten years ago when it was like in the zeitgeist. Either. Oh, you didn't either. And then, and then come no. twenty twenty three, you come and watch the whole thing. Um, I'm I'm split between getting more of your perspective on Game of Thrones or more of your perspective on Starfield because you seem to be enjoying parts of Starfield that a lot of people were a little bit more critical about. Let's talk about that real quick because I think that that probably has more of a crossover with our audience. Um, so you you are saying that the exploration part of Starfield is what really has hooked you even though a lot of people have complained that that part of it they aren't 
as into either because it doesn't work like Skyrim or Fallout 3 did where you just are constantly being distracted by the next thing on the horizon or the Mm -hmm. fact that they keep on going to these other planets and they're like well they're mostly empty and it's like well yeah it's freaking space (laughs) they're gonna be mostly Uh empty so what is it about the exploration that really grabs you well for instance I mean if there is one thing uh, first of all that I think they could add more of is more like and like human NPCs on planets that can then divvy out missions and, and stuff. But I ended up finding some of that and um, in, in, in my explorations and uh, I had to do this big old quest. I forgot what it was. It's, I actually haven't touched it in a little bit, but uh, it's just, there's so many different, you never know what you're going to find. And I think that's what I like about it. It's like that box of chocolates sort of uh, thing. So I go to a new system, I go to all these planets. And I mean, for some reason where I see where people are finding these sort of cut and paste yeah, yeah, like uh, you know, this talking point. This refinery is the same style as yeah, this refinery. And, and like, and part yeah. of me, I feel like they they still have their own personal charms. Like each planet, like I am remembering a lot of different planets uh, more than others. So they they there is a little originality with these planets that I like, and I just like finding these little stories. They kind of remind me of Fallout. You see like a dead mining crew. You're like, how did this happen? And you get these notes and you start putting pieces together. So it's it's kind of a boring, fun thing I like to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, well, it sounds like you've got a little bit more tolerance for this, for the looking around part and a yeah, little bit more enjoyment for it. the like, oh, I, fi- I found something. It took me a little while, but I found it. And now this is going to expand into, you know, more fun for you. Yeah. So, okay. Pretty much. It's a tolerance thing. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Anybody else have Star? I mean, Sam, you mentioned Starfield. Is Starfield on your list? I know you played a lot of it. I I did play a lot of it. I think I had like 200 some hours in my first playthrough alone. Um, I, I liked Starfield a lot. And, and then it was like a massive plateau. Uh, when I got to the edge of the plateau of handmade content, my interest just plummeted. Uh, and I, I I think there's two things to take from that one. You can, you can take a negative, uh, reaction from that in as much as, well, that just means that like they didn't have enough handmade content, but the positive reaction is it took me 200 some hours to get there. In one playthrough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of time for a single player game. I mean, there's not many single player yes. games that'll last you 200 hours before you hit that the place of like, well, I, I guess I need to do this again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in terms of exploration, you know, I'm still a diehard like Elder Scrolls fan. Morrowind was great at incentivizing you to, you know, walk over that next hill, see what you can find. Um, and I think some of the procedural generation in Starfield disincentivize that uh, because like you were talking about the the templates of the different mining shafts and camps and whatnot once you've seen enough of them maybe 30 you've probably seen them all uh, because the the enemy spawning doesn't really change the loot tables aren't that different um, so that that gets a little boring it's not like you're finding a, a handcrafted cave where some designer made this with the express intent of hiding you know the pale lady inside and right, a right. unique sword and whatnot yeah um, but at the same time there there is no shortage of handmade content it's just buried in a plethora 
of procedural generation. Right. I, I think after like if we jump ahead two, three years, all the DLC is out and you look back at the entire package of the game and we're probably going to have a different perspective then than we do now, because that'll be instead of 200 hours of actual handcrafted content, it'll be 300 hours, 400 hours of handcrafted content. And then all of a sudden that feels even more expansive. Um, I also think that, that they might make some uh, distinct changes based on feedback over the next few years. I think they're going to follow up on Starfield a little bit more than they did on than on like Fallout 4 or Skyrim initially. So that'll be interesting. Well, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Anybody else have any thoughts on Starfield real quick? Ben? I mean, they're going to add mods. They already confirmed mod supports coming right. as well. I mean, I'm assuming more unlikely Bethesda is going to throw in the creation club. Um, oh, definitely. I mean, well. That's why they're so, testing it on Skyrim. But they've also right. uh, teased a new mode of transportation, which maybe they're getting at something better than just using boost packs in order to travel on planet surfaces. I don't know. Very curious about that. Yeah, uh, I've been talking about that with my friends and uh, we've come up with a number of different ideas like, you know, maybe it's <laughs> they are repurposing zombifying the Skyrim horse AI oh, <laughs> into allowing you to ride alien mounts. Oh, man. Um, Whoa. Maybe they're creating small Land Rovers or, you know, speed like hover bikes. Little ATVs or, or maybe it's yeah. just a new favorites section in the yeah. map menu. That uh, could be something like that. All right. All right. Well, we got to move on from Starfield. Preston, any other any final thoughts on this before we move on? No, I totally uh, align with that. That's that's very, very good stuff. Yeah. So hopefully hopefully we see some improvements because, yes, uh, I, it's not that I haven't been bored of it. It's just like I, I feel a little burnt out from Starfield right now because I played so much of it, which is a good thing, I guess. But at the same time, yeah, if more unique content, that'd be that'd be great if they could, you know, update it or something. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. That's my thoughts on I it. agree. Uh, updates would go a long mm -hmm. way, I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, good one. All right. Who wants to go next? Who's ready to go next? Tell us something you love from the year. Yeah. Jen. So I think I'll bring it back to that Baldur's Gate three hole because oh, it really did feel something. It felt it felt something that I was Wait. missing. In oh, so you have a bald you had a Baldur's Gate three hole and then Baldur's Gate filled the hole inside you. Yes. We're not talking about a bear anymore. Right. No, we're talking oh. about the actual game. <laughs> Those do that it just it filled mm -hmm. something that I needed in your heart because right yes right got in my it heart. yes because for the longest time I was looking for a game that had true crunchy combat mm. like give me like skill mapping and item equipment and upgrading and leveling and just like the number crunchy part of it how to min max everything and then actual good carnage you let me build up this character. Let me go and fight it out and have epic battles. But then also the amazing dramatic cutscenes and just having those precious moments where even you're talking to your friends or monologuing with the big bad. And it's amazing. And there are so many choices in that game. Like, I think they mathed it out. And at the end of the tree, there are over 17,000 different ending combinations. That's amazing. That's just nuts. I mean, come on. Mind blown. 
Yeah. You, Baldur's you, Gate 3 filled everything I needed. You mentioned that it, it kind of hits on all of these things at the same time. And I think that's that's kind of the takeaway, right? Like, it's not that we haven't had other CRPGs that have come out in the last decade or so, but maybe the combat was awesome, but the story was okay. Or maybe the story mm-hmm. was really good, but the gameplay and the mechanics were just not all that exciting. And that's what Baldur's Gate did really well was basically all of those things, right? Like it was exciting to have a powerful, interesting, dynamic group that could work in so many different combinations for so many different people. If you want to make a bunch of barbarian halflings, it could could still work somehow. If you want to have a very normal D&D group, it could still work. But then you have also these interesting characters and dynamics across the party and almost every decision felt like it was going to have some like real gravitas to it. And Mm -hmm. that's part of my problem with continuing any one storyline is like, I feel like I'm no matter what, I'm going to be missing something. And you are. So you have to play it multiple times to to see how everything plays out. And then you add multiplayer on top of that to where now I can go through and play with friends and have it be another completely different experience. Oh, yeah. 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 That that multiplayer dynamic of, oh, my God, you won't believe what just happened in my playthrough holy crap how did that happen i didn't even see that part of the game you know like that thing so good Mm -hmm. so good and all for 60 dollars or 70 if you're on consoles (laughs) (laughs) right right but you know it's it's yeah yeah, it doesn't hurt to pay that much if the game's going to be good you know i'd I'd easily pay twice as much for that game like with how much you how much content we've gotten out of it Oh yeah. Like yeah, don't don't tell don't tell them that. We don't want Yeah, that let's not let's not give anyone an idea. <laughs> don't don't remind nah, the teacher. Nah, not nah, fam. <laughs> but I would I mean, also luckily Larian wouldn't do that to us. They actually respect us. <laughs> Larian wouldn't do that to us as the consumer, but if it meant that it got more money to the developers who spent six years making the game, the voice actors who did all their own mo capping for it as well. Yeah. I'd pay more for the quality that they've given us. Yeah. Well, Larian won't do it until like EA buys them and then, then they will definitely do it. <laughs> Please don't. Ugh. Larian, don't chill out. That's, but that's how the story, this, like, this is a story. The same thing happens with other developers. You have a developer that is like this grassroots team that really cares about their product. So they really work hard. You can tell that everybody's doing the best they can and they put out an amazing product. And then that company gets pulled into a bigger entity. I mean, look at what happened with Bioware or or I mean, heck, you could even say early Bethesda. Look at some of what Bethesda did and kind of the, there's they're not terrible, but there's definitely a different feeling bet- between the team that that gave us Oblivion and Fallout 3 and Skyrim and the team that gives us Starfield. There, there's there's a difference there. It's a little bit more grown up. It's a little bit more corporate. It's a little bit less grassroots. And in, you know, in this case, they've also been bought by Microsoft. So hopefully that doesn't change that dynamic even in a worse way. Um, so. You know, it could happen. It could happen. Hopefully, hopefully Larry now just has more money to do things that they're good at and continue making good stuff. That would be great. Um, I've heard people even saying things like give them the Star Wars license and let's see them do a CRPG with Star Wars and what they can do with that. I would die. <laughs> that please. would be great. Just please. Yeah. I yeah. would also. 
die. <laughs> Can you imagine like love to see that an old Republic like not remake but revitalization like another story set in the old Tom, Republic? Tom, 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 don't give me hope. Don't, don't, don't give us up, man. Don't give us up, us Star Wars fans. Well, all right, I'll hold on to the idea. I'll just put it in my little pocket, and then when it happens, I'll be like, hey, "I told you guys, I told you." So, all right, any other thoughts, Jen, on this one? I'm sorry, Sam, but after tomorrow, I'm pretty sure my Baldur's Gate three hours are going to pass my Mass Effect Legendary Edition hours. Unreal. Wow, wait, wait, wait. What if you combine your actual original trilogy hours with Legendary Edition? Okay, no, I've probably got like another 400 hours to go then. Okay, because I was like, the game's only been out for like, if you don't count like getting in on the beta and doing playing early playthroughs, like that's only been a few months. How did you like, that's a lot of hours. Wow. I game a lot. Yeah, right. It's it's, it's just real good. It's just real good, Tom. (laughs) I just can't stop playing it. Um. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Who would like to go next? Let's see. We haven't heard from Ben. Ben, you want to go? Yeah, I can go. Um, gosh, there, I mean, th- this year has been awesome. Um, there's so many different things. Uh, being able to, you know, host now four shows, host Witcher with, with Toasty, which has been a great opportunity. Um, we had the pleasure, and I never thought I would be able to talk to one of my favorite voice actors of all time. I mean, you basically talked like, to Geralt. Yeah. Like, you got to talk to Geralt. Well, I got ben, to talk to Geralt. Ben well, didn't do I didn't much talking, but... That's no. true. That you got true. to salivate <laughs> while Geralt talked. <laughs> yeah, I was so starstruck, I barely talked as much as I normally do. And All right, so like, we, we need to fill this in for anybody who doesn't know. On the Witcher Lorecast, they got Ben... His name's Ben? Ben Cockle? No, Doug. Doug. Cockle. Doug, Doug. Doug. For some reason, your name was in my, in my brain. Doug Cockle. I messed that up. Uh, who does the voice of Geralt in the games... So for anybody who's a fan of the Witcher games, the Witcher 3 is a huge game, right? That's the voice they think of. It's not Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. It's Doug Cockle. Um, so you guys got to interview him. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was awesome. It was fantastic. And then other than that, like all my all my MMOs that I play keep getting updates and more content on a regular basis. And it's fantastic. It's been a great year for MMOs. Uh, Elder Scrolls had a big update with the whole, you know, uh, Hermes Morris stuff, all the yep. creepy weird Necrom, stuff. Um, Necrom. Final Fantasy 14, just they announced the next expansion coming out um, next year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, World of Warcraft even came back. Like there was mm-hmm. all that bad publicity from like the toxic workplace and all of that. They've been working on that, but they've also yeah. made some big updates to the game that make it a lot better again. Um, I don't play WoW, man. But but some people do. Like I've been, I actually dove <laughs> back true. into WoW for a little bit. I've been playing a little bit. Um, um, and yeah. Swotor got a, a major updates again too. Yeah, so that's cool. I, I'm I'm curious to see where MMOs go. There have been a number of MMOs that have come out that just have done okay. Uh, I, I know the big ones keep going because they just kind of have this reliable fan base. But I'm curious. I'm curious about where the future of massive online games ends up. So, what would of all these things? What would be your top thing, though? Oh gosh, uh, it had to be the Doug Cockle interview. Like that. Do you have a favorite moment from the interview? We nerded about D and D for twenty minutes. So, <laughs> so you spent twenty minutes of your of your limited time <laughs> not talking about The Witcher. <laughs> Look, yep. We asked him, but he just kind of talked, he, and we were just, just kind of like, with it. "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fucking tell Doug Cockle that he needs to shut up about something. He can just do it." 
it's whatever. It's fine. That's great. We had eight questions. He answered all eight questions and more so. So, you know, we got an hour and a half with them. Like that was more than we were hoping for. So, I mean, that's awesome. That's true. Did you talk about Baldur's Gate with him or is it just like regular D&D stuff? Yes, we did a little bit because he's been streaming it. That's cool. Um, and then uh, he 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 made the uh, my my choice for romance. So, which was who? Tris. Oh, I thought well, you were talking about in Baldur's Gate still. <laughs> oh no, not I was Baldur's like Shadowheart. <laughs> I was like, which one? <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So Jesse's okay. So action was great. <laughs> so that's wait wait wait. So I mean that's about as close as you can get, except for like one of the writers or somebody. But like. Like dog, he does Geralt's voice. Like the voice of Geralt prefers Triss. It's kind of official. Though he did, he did name all three in retrospect. Wait, so he hedged his bets so, a little bit. So he 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 said Shawnee first. It's like, well, and if you go to the books, okay, yeah, I do prefer Yin. But if we're talking about games, Triss, which makes it makes logical sense, sense it for makes the sense. man who did three games with Triss and only one game with Yin. So that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Yeah, Sam and I a year ago had the pleasure of interviewing another voice actor. Mark Mir. Yeah, the voice yeah. of male Commander Shepard. And then this year, I actually happened to meet Jennifer Hale at um she was at Emerald City Comic Con, I wanna say. Uh, and and you were there too, right, Jen? I think we both got photos. Yeah, 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 yeah. We both got photos of That's Jennifer cool. Hale, who uh, voices female Commander Shepard. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. So, hey, if any other voice actors are listening to this episode and they're like, hey, I do voices on this video game. Um, I've I had also had the pleasure of talking to a lot of the Fallout voice actors, people who do Fallout and Elder Scrolls and some of the Bethesda games as well. It's always so cool to get their perspectives on the characters because they, I mean... Uh, they're not just reading the lines. They are legitimate actors. They're getting in the mindset, the, the headspace of the character they're playing in order to emote and feel and convey even more through their voice lines than you can through actually having a body there, too, because you don't have a body. It's just the voice. So uh, it's it's really cool to get their perspective. So I'm glad you guys got that opportunity. That sounds awesome. Uh, any other thoughts on that, Ben? No, um, other, yeah, no, not really on anything other than that. Awesome. Cool, man. All right. Good stuff. All right. So everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries. So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever Hulu BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. 
So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's see, we've got Toasty and Maverick still. Toasty, you want to go next? Sure. Uh, well, I mean, like a lot of the stuff I that was awesome about this year got, you know, listed for me already. I mean, obviously, the interview, Baldur's Gate, uh, Phantom Liberty, which I'm still working my way through. Um, oh, man. Uh God, I'm trying to remember because it's been such a long year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there God. any any one thing that like stands out that's just like, oh yeah. I mean, this. like, and doesn't have to be video to, game related. Yeah, I gotta bring it back to Star Wars because the Ahsoka series. <clears throat> yeah, Ahsoka's really good. That was. Did you guys watch Ahsoka? Some of you watch Ahsoka? No, I'm ashamed I haven't because yes. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So I yes. have to get my Disney Plus back. <laughs> All right. So yes. Preston has a great show. Ahsoka. Yeah, Maverick did. It was a ma- ma- magnificent show. I <laughs> thought it was really good. Uh, why did you think it was really good, Toasty? What about it? I mean, like, this is... I mean, for starters, like, Ahsoka is my favorite Star Wars character. Like, out of all. So, um just getting to like see her in action and see her like story that was actually in like the whole, like it's a very like subtle, like telling of like her transition from where she was at, like mentally at the start of the series to, you know, where she gets to by the end of uh, the end of it. And then of course, like the return of Hayden as Anakin is just like episode five, is peak Star Wars. Yeah, like, so for people who haven't watched, it's not too spoilery to say that there is a, let's call it a dreamlike sequence where she gets to interact with Hayden. We'll call it a dreamlike sequence. Uh, and, yeah, you could say that. Yeah. yeah, and he is de-aged. In fact, he's de-aged a few different ways depending on the version of him that we're seeing in the sequence. And it oh, looks such a great really episode. good. Like it's like some of the de-aging is always a little funny, but this one actually looks really good. It wasn't. And it wasn't bad. It really wasn't bad. It, it, it was. It was better than the Mandalorian Luke Skywalker de-aging that they did with him. Yeah, the first yeah. time we see so Luke Skywalker in at the end of what was that season two of Mando, um, it's a little. Yeah funny and then in season three they got better he, he looks a little bit better in this one by the time they get to ahsoka with uh hayden in this like he looks he looks almost he indistinguishable looks from the prequel films like it is yeah. really really close and it was just it's it's also just like very like heartwarming to see like him finally getting the recognition and respect from like doing this role and realizing that people did love him as anakin it just 
you know, wasn't the, the right time. We weren't like the people that love him weren't old enough to show that appreciation yet. Yeah. So it was nice for him to see that and see him like good Ben. Ben has. I was gonna to say. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, w- during his time, the internet wasn't really like it was the thing, but like there was no instant message. There was no like Twitter. There was no Facebook during the time, so people couldn't post their like opinions as like well they did available. They, they did. They were posting on forums and stuff. I think I think the real well, yeah. the real uh, rundown of it is that. The, for example, the big audience that loved, loved, loved Star Wars in the 70s and early 80s was the younger audience. The older audience wasn't super on board with it. Those people grew up 20 years later. They get the prequels and they're like, well, this isn't my Star Wars. But the younger audience is like, no, this is freaking great. I love Star Wars. And then they get cartoons and things for a number of years. And it's this cycle of like the the core audience that really gravitates to Star Wars is a younger audience, kind of like Nintendo products. Right. You're not going to convince somebody who's never played Mario at 40 years old to all of a sudden love Mario. Like the right age to get into Mario is like 10 to 20. Debatable on that. Debatable. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you still might, <laughs> depending on if they've played other games and they're into gaming in general. But um, but uh, I mean, there's always there's always ways that you can argue against these things. You could say, well, what about this? What about this? There's outliers. But I think in general, that's what you have. And so now you have an adult audience looking at Hayden Christensen on Ahsoka and going, oh, my God, I remember those movies. I was a big fan. I've been a fan for years. I loved him in those films. I love him now. This is awesome. And, you know, the old people are too busy telling other people to get off their lawn and who to vote for. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was just it was great. It was the goat is back. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really good. Okay, so here's the thing that I really liked about Ahsoka, if I can chime in. And yeah. it, it was because... We have there's I think there are two ways that Star Wars works best. One is doing um, like Andor did and having a really tight, dynamic, interesting set of characters and a really tight story that doesn't have anything to do with space magic and lightsabers. Right. And you just have really interesting locations in this really cool universe that play through some part of the story that we've seen so far, kind of fill in the gaps and they do it really well. The other thing that I think Star Wars does really well is when it takes real world mythology and it reworks it into star into the Star Wars universe. The original trilogy was basically a a mythology being retold in a new universe using new magic and new other things, but highly, highly formed and and designed around the mythologies that we have from our own world. Ahsoka does that again, and it delves back into older mythologies like they're pulling from Norse myths with the wolves and like all of these other things. And there's something about those stories that just resonate with us as humans. And when you take them and you transplant them into another story and you do it well, it still resonates. And I think that's part of why it's not, not just the whole like it was really cool to see these characters again and that kind of thing but they also put it in this cool wrapper that ties to mythology and does it in this really fun interesting way so that's my take on it and i'm sure some people will disagree with that but that's what i thought was cool so yeah any other thoughts on star wars i have a fun fact yeah uh and i just found out about it today and never realized it for some god-awful reason Lars Mikkelsen, who voiced and played Thrawn in Star Wars, 
is also plays Stragavor in The Witcher Netflix and never realized it till now. Wait, <laughs> that's the same that? actor? I, for some re- it's the same actor, yeah. It's the same actor. I never realized it. It just the never dawned on me. The wizard is yeah. You just blew <laughs> my mind. Right? I did not realize that. I noticed that immediately. I didn't. I just I heard I, his... I, so I watched Rebels for the first time this year um, in like preparation for it. And the moment I heard the his voice... Century. I know, right? Uh, I heard his voice and was like, "That's fucking Stregobor." <laughs> I, I didn't like, notice I it immediately. I missed it. I told him you're right. I totally missed it though, and I, I think it's partly because he's such a good actor. <laughs> like his performance in both of those roles is very different. Absolutely, mm-hmm. but they're both great. And he's also blue <laughs> in one of them, <laughs> and no beard, and no beard. Yeah, so. no beard. That is a little different. You, you, you also got to look at Grand Admiral Thrawn. He's put on a couple pounds. If you notice that in, in Ahsoka. <laughs> yes, he's got a little belly. He's shrunk. <laughs> hey, hey, that's what happens when you go into exile, okay? Yeah, Forced stress exile. eating. You're right, stress eating. All right, any stress other thoughts? Eating. Any other thoughts eating on Star Wars? His troops. <laughs> All right, well, hey, Maverick, you're, you're up. You're talking. What's your favorite thing from this last year? Okay, so I got a lot of fun things that I got to do this year for my, because of my podcast. Uh-huh. Um, but one thing sticks out to me the most is, uh, it, last November I went out to Vegas. I went out to Vegas, uh, went out to good Springs, Nevada to, uh, represent along with Jaxus, who's another, who's, uh, one of your co-hosts, another host. Right. Yeah. One of our co-hosts. Yeah. I got to meet him for the first time in person. Cause he lives nearby mm-hmm. and, uh, we, uh, represented the fallout round table at this, uh, at the celebration at the pioneer saloon in, uh, good Springs. Yeah. And so if you know, from fallout, new Vegas, good Springs, Nevada's in the game. Right. Yeah. So this is a yearly get together that happens at that location that it pulls in and it seems like it gets bigger every year. Lots of Fallout oh, fans yeah. who all it, dress it, it up. It was really big. Yeah, they all dress up. They go to see some of these locations that are actually inspire the locations in, in Fallout New Vegas. And I guess everybody just has a blast, right? Oh, we had a blast. I got to meet the people for Fallout for Hope, which, by the way, please donate to that. It's a great cause. Um, uh, I got I got to meet Chip from the Chipmunk Show. TKS mm-hmm. Mantis, he was there. Uh, everyone, we we all had a hoot and a holler, man. There. <laughs> no, wait, you sound like Preston. <laughs> well, howdy, partner. <laughs> howdy. Yeah, we we all had fun. It was great to finally meet Jackson in person. Mm-hmm. So instead of behind a computer screen, what was the what was the coolest cosplay you saw? Oh, I mean, I saw some I saw pictures full, online, but what what did I you saw? A full size XO XO one. Power armor. Wow, wow! It was big. Yeah. Did you did you guys tall. see um? Do you see that on the the game awards when they walked out? The actors walked out on stage and they had the power armor on the stage yeah. with them. It looks yeah, freaking amazing. amazing. And it was also huge. I have to wonder, like, how tall was the guy in the suit? Like stilt in it or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he looked like he was seven feet tall standing next to them. Um. Yeah, that's really cool. So, dude, uh, I mean, that must have been hot. Maverick <laughs> out in the desert wearing a big old no, suit of power. It actually really wasn't. It was mild. Yeah, so well, I guess it was got, October, got right? Yeah. 
It was November. November. Oh, wow. It was, okay. It wasn't really that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. That's uh, so did you guys do anything else like specifically fallout related? Was there like food or like, oh, events? Oh, we, we there was food. Um, there was we had a con- costume contest. Um, we record we tried to record a live episode of the fallout roundtable there. It didn't work out for in the middle of the desert. <laughs> OK, um, we um. Yeah, a lot of Fallout things. The NC, the cosplay NCR, uh, cosplay NCR group was there. They were doing BB gun shoots out in the back. They were doing skits. Uh, lady from Obsidian was there, taking taking pictures, and there were Bethesda representatives there. That's great. It was it was awesome. It was awesome to see everyone, all, all these Fallout people in the Fallout community there and uh we already know that the dates for next year if you guys don't mind me yeah yeah what's the what's the date for next year it is november 16th and 17th it's basically what this last year was okay so those those same two dates basically let's see the same that is on the 16th and 17th is saturday sunday so hey that works out great well cool so if you happen to be over near nevada or can make the trip if you can schedule it and you've got the funds to fly out and enjoy hanging out with everybody and you're in the fallout then sounds like a great thing to go do that's awesome yeah all right well, very cool stuff. Uh, I, I would love to be able to do that sometime. It's just not very close to Florida <laughs> and it becomes quite the <laughs> quite the trip to get out there. Um, all right. I haven't gone and I've got I've got one that I'm going to share. This is my favorite. This is I debated this. This is my favorite thing from the year. And it is not something that only came out this year. It's something that has been out for a number of years now. And uh, I recently started driving more because I've been doing more things out of the house. And so I've had more time to listen to podcasts again. And I started looking around for podcasts. And with Baldur's Gate coming out, I was like, hmm, maybe there's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast I should check out. And there's certain ones that, you know, Critical Role and The Adventure Zone, there's certain ones that are kind of at the top. Everybody knows about them. There's another one that came out a few years ago called Dungeons and Daddies. And if you haven't heard of Dungeons and Daddies, it is hilarious it is amazing it's up on the top of the list lots of people listen to it it's very successful it's been out for a few years and the premise is that this group of people there's four people playing characters there's the and the dm so there's five people they all have background in content creation and writing and doing other things and improv and that kind of stuff so they're they're well equipped for this the premise is that four dads pick up their sons in a minivan to go to a soccer game and on the trip to the soccer game end up going through a portal to Faerun where the, the kids disappear and the dads now have to find their children and the different dads there's like the hippie dad who, who becomes a druid there's the coach dad who becomes a barbarian there's the rock star dad who becomes a bard and then there's just like the, <laughs> uh, played by a female uh ron, ron stampler who is the rogue and he's like the emotionally detached dad like stepdad who becomes a rogue and it is from episode one it just hits and it works so well it is so hilarious 
and they it's way more improv comedy than it is actual Dungeons and Dragons. So if you're expecting like lots of like D&D stuff, no. If you're expecting a really interesting improv story with occasionally rolling dice to see what happens, this is what it is. And it has been the, my go to thing. Every time I get in the car, I pull up this podcast that I put it on and I've gotten through, I don't know, the first almost the first season at this point. And it's my go to thing. It's I just keep going back to it because it's so good and it makes me want to do something like that. But I know how hard it is to do that, because before I launched the Fallout Lorecast, I tried doing a Dungeons and Dragons show. It is a lot of work. I mean, think about if you've ever DM'd a game with your friends, think about how much work you put into DMing the game, planning things out, getting things ready for for the game and all that. Now, multiply that and put it in the context of having to do in an entertaining way for an audience and then also editing the show down <laughs> with multiple people talking and all of that stuff. It's not easy to do. So the fact that they've done this so well is is mind boggling to me. And the fact that also on top of it, it's not just hilarious. Like there are very poignant moments. There are moments that like it shifts from being goofy, silly stuff to just like tugging at your heartstrings because it's about family and dads and their kids and and getting through these tough situations together. It's it's really it's extremely well done. I can't say enough good about it. So have any of you heard of Dungeons and Daddies? No, but I want to check it out now. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I do, too. It's really good. And, and I and I bring it up with the uh, hope that people don't leave our shows and go listen to that show instead of our <laughs> shows. Uh, but I have to give please credit. Where it's listen due. to us. Yeah, please still listen to our shows. But it is it is a really good show. <laughs> it is very, very well done. Uh, Freddie Wong is the um, bard dad. And you might know his name from, <laughs> from YouTube like five years ago. I'm older. <laughs> He famous YouTube guy. Um, yeah. Hilarious. Very, very good stuff. So that's that's my recommendation. If you're going into this next year looking for a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, let's do go check that out because it's just it's just really good. So there you go. I think that's going to do podcast it. podcast for a minute. Sorry to butt yeah, in go ahead. just for a minute. I, I've also been listening to a lot of podcasts because everyone knows I drive semi and it's our busy season right now. It's Christmas. So I'm in the semi constantly. So I always listen, try to listen to podcasts over music because music gets repetitive. Sure. Have you come across a, a new one that you really like? I have. I have. And I'm finally up to date on it. It's called Distractable. Distractable. By, it's called Distractable. by uh, it, It's hosted by Mark Player, Bob and Wade. Oh, okay. Okay. It is hilarious. But if... But I've also been re-listening to the Modus Files by our one and only Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, that's on our network. Because yeah. be, because I've been trying to get ideas for a secret project I've been doing. Oh, all right. Well, that's fun. Yeah. That's awesome. I like secrets. It's fun. That's awesome. <laughs> but, awesome, but, awesome. But yeah. All right, everyone. Along with, yeah, along with the occasional sports podcast, but... Those don't need be mentioned as much. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Well, go check out uh, those other ones <laughs> if you're if you're looking for other shows or or the shows from the hosts on this this panel right here because there's lots of good stuff on the network to check out. So uh, yeah, go check that stuff out. All right, we're gonna wrap it up. We're hitting the end of the episode. Let's go back through and um, feel free to again repeat what show you are a part of so people can look it up if they're interested and then. Also, like, is there anything else? Is there any, like, tiny little thing that you'd be like, also, this was really cool this year. Go check that out. 
just like real quick. So we'll go back through an order of, of people on the screen. I've got Ben here next to me. Ben, kick us off. Yeah. So, you know, again, I am Ben of Tamaria. I am one of the hosts uh, of the Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends, the Final Fantasy Lorecast, uh, the Witcher Lorecast with Toasty, and the Wizarding World Lorecast. And if you all want to, go follow me on Twitch at Ben of Tamaria and help me get affiliate because I am so close. I'm like past like the 1.5 mark on average viewers. I need three. Yeah, yeah just a few, just oh, another man. person. Um, cool, man. Anything else you want to share? Like just quick little, hey, this is a secondary thing that was so cool. You don't have to have something, but if you have something. I, don't, I mean, other than the um, for Witcher, we are we are getting a new book. Uh, oh, yeah. It is going to be either released. Uh, Andrzej Sofkowski just announced it's going to be either late 2024 or uh, early 2025, and it will be about Geralt. We do know he did com- comment on that. So Cool. Another Witcher book. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. All right, Preston. Well, howdy again, partners. Um, <laughs> my name is Preston, and I am the creator of Is It the Longest Running Fallout Podcast? Because it started in 2016. It's True Vault Escapades, a Fallout audio drama. Um, I uh, would love it, appreciate it if you would follow us on literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. So Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, anything like that. Wherever and, you're uh, listening to this on you can listen to that on it's that's, yeah that's it's, the easiest, it's there that's yeah, the easiest one to say. good old yeah. walter and bunny and um speaking of which another cool little tidbit since you mentioned shout out to the couple who actually went to the good springs event this year cosplaying as my protagonists walter and bunny oh, our, that's so cool. uh, wasteland detectives i wish i can think of their the um uh the twitter at, at right now but but they know who yes, they are they, they are awesome them. You saw them? Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah, so cool. Them. Oh, cool. Really yeah, cool. I thought them. I had like little ambassadors for, for myself. That was pretty cool. That's such a that's such a compliment when people dress up as the characters from your show. Yeah. That's so cool. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining us. All right, Sam. Yeah, I'm Sam, aka in Seven the Legend from the Mass Effect lore cast. We're still putting out episodes every week. Right now, we are covering Saren. Uh, we will be, I think, into the new year too. So, if you're into Mass Effect, now's a good time to to pick up the lore cast because we're talking about Mass Effect One's main villain. Um, and I'm also streaming to Twitch every weekend at N7 The Legend. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't really have anything else from 2023 that uh, was good, but I have something that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, we talked with one of the cinematic designers on the Mass Effect series. As fun as it was to, as it is to interview cast members, I think I want to interview more of the developers who had the behind the scenes roles in creating some of our favorite memories. So I think I'm going to try and reach out to more of them. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. I always love getting those insights because they prove us wrong so much. So much of the community is like, it has their own headcanon about like the way game development works. And they're like, well, actually (laughs) this is how it works. It's so nice. So cool, man. Thanks for joining us. Toasty. You're up next. Oh, uh, I'm, Toasty to Witcher and Cyberpunk. Those are the two things I do. Uh, nice. But nice. Uh, well, it's fine. We're going to get proper shout outs from the rest of y'all. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Um, so but, what's on, what's the other thing on your list or, or something coming up? I mean, I have to, I have to give a shout out to the swords of the village arc for demon slayer that 
this past year um, and the Hashira training arc that's coming up next year, uh, as well as the thing I'm looking the most forward to that's finally going to happen, and that is Arcane Season 2. So... <clears throat> Yeah, that is coming up. All right. Yeah. yeah, so go check out some anime. Awesome, man. Thanks for joining us. Maverick, you're next. So you have the Fallout Roundtable. Yes, yes. I am Maverick Stone. Uh, I am the creator and co- co-host of four other people for the Fallout Roundtable. I am also a co-host on Three Count Thoughts Pro Wrestling Podcast. Now, what's your other so, favorite thing from this year? I love when people talk about numbers. But, you know, our numbers have been up and down, but more up than down, which is awesome. That, that, I mean, that feels great. That feels good when you're like, hey, and the people like our, our stuff. People like our show, you know? Yeah. And actually getting recognized by my voice. That was another thing. Yeah. People like were like, oh, I listen to your show. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool, man. Well, thanks for joining us again. All right. Genesis, no you're wrapping us up. Yeah, I'm Genesis, and I'm part of two shows on the network, the Two Girls, One Ship podcast, where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer, and the Cyberpunk Lorecast with Toasty, where we talk about the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future for all things cyberpunk. And I'd have to say another little small thing that I really, really loved this year was that my co-host Vervada moved from Florida to Washington State. So now we only live 20 minutes apart from each other. Oh, that's, that's cool. amazing. That's cool. Oh, she left my state, though. I can't I can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was assigned there for Navy stuff. So yeah. oh, that's what it was. now right. she lives here. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. That's so cool that you guys get to be close together. Uh, that's great. That's a good one. That's a nice personal like best, you know. It's not about video games. It's about friendship because it's all about the friends we make along the way. Exactly. And we're going to beat the big bad with the power of friendship. <laughs> yes. Yay! Go. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us, Jen. Thank you all for being here. This was always, this is so cool. It's always fun to get everybody together and kind of, you know, talk about the year and all of that. If I had to add another thing, actually, first of all, if you don't know who I am, because you're listening on one of the other shows that I don't host, I host uh, with Sam, the Mass Effect Lorecast, uh, the Fall Lorecast, Elder Scrolls Lorecast, Starfield Lorecast, and the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, which has been doing really, really well. So thank you to everybody who's been listening to that in the last year, year and a half since since I launched that project. Uh, if I was to add one more thing, one of the reasons why I've been out going out more is that I got back into swing dancing, which every I always am hesitant to bring this up because when you say it, everybody gets a picture in their head of what they think that looks like. And most of the time, it's a goofy, dumb, like TV production version of people just like kicking their feet and dancing to like Brian Setzer and that is not what I do I don't look like that but uh, I do enjoy going dancing I've been DJing and teaching it and dancing it for over 20 years now I took a number of years off due to like migraines and stuff but I've been feeling better so I've been going out dancing a lot again so I've been reconnecting with some old friends and spending more time my wife and I dance together that's how we met Um, so that has been a lot of fun so I would recommend especially now post pandemic if you are looking for ways to interact with other human beings in a like actual enjoyable interesting kind of way i don't care what kind of dancing you do just go go try out some partner dancing try like actually meeting some people out in in real space and give it a shot see what you think but uh that's my thing that's gonna do it for our holiday special thank you all for being here and hopefully we'll see you all next year 
All right. See you guys next time. Yay.